Good morning. Y'all wouldn't mind, let's stand and worship the Lord. You guys got joy this morning? Because I do. I don't know, man. It's just a good morning. It's beautiful outside. It's been a good week. My daughter graduated, which made me sad, but I'm glad she's moving on to the next chapter, I guess. I just have to be there when she falls, because we all fall. I pray for her soul. The battle belongs to him, guys. When all I see is the battle, you see my Oh 
Thank you, guys. All right. Glad you joined us this morning. We're going to celebrate our mothers as we honor our Lord Jesus today. So, ladies, happy Mother's Day. Let's go, Lord, in prayer, and let's do our welcoming time. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, that we're here, Lord, today to worship you and honor you and sing praises to you, God, and to give to you and to teach your word this morning. And, uh, Lord, I pray this morning's encouragement to our mothers. We love them. We're thankful, Lord, for the ladies that you've placed in our lives. And, uh, Lord, today I'm just here to worship you and honor you in everything that we do. We love you, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. Take a few minutes and welcome everyone today.
Thank you, guys. All right, you may be seated this morning. Uh, all the kids, we need all the kids, a bunch of the kids. All the kids, come up here if you would. If you're a mother this morning, ladies, would you please stand up? We have something for you this morning for Mother's Day. Kiddos, help us pass these out. Look at all the kids. All right, here's announcements while they're passing that out. I want to go through announcements. So no, uh, no Bible study tonight, fellas. No men's Bible study. Take the ladies out to lunch. Spoil them today. Uh, no, no Bible study or discipleship tonight. So Wednesday night, I want you to pray for me. Wednesday night's a big night. Uh, Mike is going to be teaching Wednesday night. I have baccalaureate. I'm doing Marshfield High School's baccalaureate service at seven, uh, 6 o'clock, not 7. At 6 o'clock uh, is baccalaureate service. So we'll be sharing the gospel with a whole bunch of people uh, Wednesday night. So say a prayer for me over that. Ladies' trip went good. Where's Valerie? Any updates or anything? Just it went good. You guys had fun. Ladies had fun on Friday. Okay, the, the uh, outreach. It was hard to make a decision on this. Uh, and we weren't for sure what to do. We canceled the outreach on Saturday um, just because the rain, the forecast, and the muddy ground and all that. So we've made a makeup date for that. The makeup date is Sunday, June 11th. The makeup date is Sunday, June 11th. So, Mike, what time is it going to start? Outreach on June 11th. One, one o'clock, okay. So on, I probably should have waited on announcements, huh? Ain't nobody going to remember anything I just said, are they? <laughs> That's all right. Sunday, Sunday, June 11th at 1 o'clock is when the outreach is rescheduled. We'll go out and pass stuff out that week um, also. Men's prayer breakfast is this coming Saturday at 8 a.m. at Grillo's, fellas. Men's prayer breakfast at 8 a.m. at Grillo's. And then this is a new addition, the empty nesters. So if you're an empty nester... They are going on June 24th, which is a Saturday night, to the Sight and Sound Theater at 7.30 p.m. To, I believe it's Esther. Is that correct, Denny and Roxy? I'm not sure where Denny They may be downstairs. Um, it's Esther. I believe it's Esther, the new showing. It's at 7.30. So if you would like to go uh, to that, you're an empty nester. I believe the cost was like 37 a person, maybe. But confirm it with uh, Denny and Roxy. So if you would like to go, uh, you're an empty nester, confirm that with Denny and Roxy. Have something else we're adding. Savannah's going away party uh, is July 2nd. So Trey and Savannah, I for, kind of formally announce this. Uh, we already have once, but they're going to be taking over Freeway Sanford, Florida, which is outside of Orlando. We're going to have a going away party uh, for them on Sunday, July 2nd, right after the morning service. So right after the morning service that Sunday. <clears throat> and then here's, a, here's something else, too. Um, glad you wrote it on here. Mike Estelle is helping with uh, Freeway in Springfield. Every Tuesday, they have a shower trailer. So what they do is they bring people in that are homeless, and they can have a shower. They share the gospel with them. They feed them a meal. It starts at 9.15 a.m. 
So if you would like to help Mike, Mike has kind of been the one that's organizing this now. If you're off on Tuesdays or you're retired and you would like to share the gospel with people and do a pretty amazing ministry. I was there one day when they were doing it. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's a pretty neat ministry. Please see Mike Estelle uh, here in the front. And they definitely need more volunteers uh, for that. So anything else on announcements? Anything else on announcements? That went quick then. Okay. All right. We sure? Only once? Twice? Do we have softball games? Softball? What? I haven't been announcing softball in a while. They're not playing? Where's Tommy? It's over? You didn't sign up for another season? <coughs> okay. No softball. Okay. I don't guess we have anything else. All right. If you would stand, let's take up our morning offering, and then we'll have our time of worship before we jump into God's Word together this morning. Lord Jesus, again, I thank you, uh, God, for the opportunity to be here. And Lord, I pray for our many events that we have, have coming up and our outreaches, uh, Lord. And I, I pray, Lord, that we can reach people in our community. Uh, just be with us today as we worship you in song and in giving. Uh, an act of worship is giving. And so, Lord, as we give back to you, Lord, we're, we're just the stewards uh, and the managers. Everything belongs to you. And so I pray, Lord, this morning we're being good stewards and managers of everything you've given us, our gifts, our talents, and our finances. So on everything we do, Lord, we give you the praise and glory. It's in your name I pray. Amen.
accept now that we didn't used to and I, I'm just kind of confused by it as believers we need to stand up for what's right and wrong you know I didn't think there'd ever be a day that a kid would wear girls clothes a boy and it'd be acceptable but it's our world it breaks my heart
take the giant down, there ain't no grave. Gonna hold my body down. There ain't no Right, all of our kids can go downstairs to Children's Church this morning if they'd like to. Just a, while you're turning, Proverbs 31, Proverbs chapter 31, while you're turning there, a little birdie put in my ear that we have some all-state track qualifiees. So in the Big 8 Conference, where's Tilly? Where's Tilly at? Is Tilly here? Where's Alan? They're back here in the back. Downstairs? Okay. Tilly's downstairs. Tilly got first in long jump and high jump, and Travis got second in pole vaulting from Crossbridge. So they're advancing to state. So congratulate them when you see them. Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 31. A lot of passages uh, here. I'll, I'll tell you, I, I normally, a lot of times like on these holidays and days where we want to honor certain groups of people by honoring our Lord, I completely go away from what a normal text would be preached on. I'm not doing that today. This is called uh, the, the godly, the proverbial, the woman who fears the Lord or the proverbial wife here uh, is this passage. is Proverbs 31, 10 through 13. It says this, An excellent wife who can find, she is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm. 
all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. <clears throat> Excuse me. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the, the staff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of, of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates, and when he sits amongst the elders of the land, she makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchants. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, and you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands, and let her works praise her, and let her works praise her in the gates. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, this morning. For this passage that closes out the book of Proverbs, Lord, on godly women, on, on an excellent wife. And Lord, there's so much here uh, that, that we can look to our, our wives and our mothers and commend them and encourage them. And Lord, there's a structure here that we're going to talk about today that women can, can look at and apply to their lives. And so Lord, I, I pray today that you touch our hearts and you touch their hearts and in everything, Lord, we glorify and honor you. It's in your name I do pray. Amen. You may be seated. So today is uh, this special day that we like to honor the ladies in our congregation and the mothers and the wives. Uh, and, and, and this is a very fitting passage. There's probably a lot of preachers across the country that are going to preach out of this passage. Or Titus chapter 2 is another one. Uh, but this is a woman that fears the Lord. Uh, and and what, what kind of lifestyle? A woman who fears the Lord or loves the Lord... What does scripture call her to shoot for? What, is, what, what can we learn from this? Well, verse 10 kind of starts it off. It really starts it off, verse 10. Uh, and, and, and it's basically being a godly wife, a godly woman. And, and our, I'll tell you, uh, godliness is just not a high priority today in our country, in our society, uh, for women. It's just not. It's not something that's talked about. Uh, Women, a lot of women have bought into this lie that their worth is found uh, in their independence and in their stubbornness. Uh, independence from men, independence from God, uh, independence on, from everything and anything except for themselves. And you really don't have to look very hard to see this. Uh, you, you see it all over on TV, all across our country. I'm a woman, let me roar kind of thing. Uh, that I'm independent, I can do what I want. And there's really no interest in our society or women in general to conforming to the biblical pattern of womanhood. But here in Proverbs chapter 31, that's exactly what we see. We see a biblical pattern for godly women. Uh, and, and, and I'll tell you, we, we should be concerned 
that across our country, women are not looking at this. That they don't get their guide from God's word. They, a, a lot of women in our country care more what Oprah or Ellen says than what God's word says about this. And ladies, if you want to be a godly woman, if you want to fear the Lord, if you want to be the woman that God would have you be, and men, we so, should be supporting our wives in this kind of uh, an endeavor and an effort. This is the passage. This is a great passage that we can look at. So starting in verse 10, it says, An excellent wife who can find, she is far more precious than jewels. The word translated here, excellent wife, literally means an able woman. Uh, the, the word excellent, it, it, it carries strength. It carries valor. Uh, it's like a, a soldier in an army. Uh, in the place of scripture. When it is used to describe a woman, it means moral strength or moral worth or virtue. Uh, some translations you may see a virtuous wife there. It's used in Ruth chapter 3 verse 11. I'll read you that. It says, and now my daughter do not fear. I will do, full, I will do for you all that you ask. For my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. It's the same word used there. So what do we see about being a woman that's following this biblical pattern? It says that you're more precious than what? Jewels. You're more valuable than jewels. So, and men, having a godly woman in your life is far beyond any amount of wealth that we could assign to it. That's what it sort of means. It's valuable. It's precious. Uh, it's, it was true when these words were written in Scripture, and it's absolutely true today. So ladies... Uh, and even our teenage girls, your goal should to become a virtuous or godly woman in your character based upon this passage of Scripture. So what are some things that this covers? There's a whole bunch of them. I'm going to try to go through them relatively quick just for the sake of time. But th the first one is found in verse 11. It says, being someone uh, that you can trust, the heart of her husband trusts her, and he will have no lack of gain. So you should be trustworthy. You should be honest. Your husband, the man, should have confidence in the character of his wife in the marriage. As the, as the marriage grows and gets uh, longer, there should be a trust there. Ladies, your integrity is going to reveal most in the way that you deal with your husband and your family, particularly your husband. Don't buy into what the world says that men don't care how their wives treat them. We absolutely do. Mature, godly men long for intimacy that comes with a safe, loyal relationship. Every man, unless you've committed yourself to being single to serve the Lord, desires a woman that he can trust with everything. His whole heart. With everything. So your, ladies, your desire to please Christ, you must be trustworthy. You must be trustworthy. You should be true to your word. I say this to, to my kids all the time, and it's a good reminder for all of us. Matthew 5.37 says, let, you, let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more that comes from that is from evil. So when you say something, you should do it. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. And your husband should know that he can trust you, that you're going to remain faithful. That you're not looking for the grass is greener on the other side. Let me go a step further with this. That when you're hanging out with the ladies, you're hanging out with your girlfriends. 
that you aren't having a husband bash fest about how, how your husband isn't meeting what, he should, what you think he should be doing. Verse 12 says, she does him good, not harm, all the days of her life. Being loyal and faithful is absolutely just a lost art in our country right now. Just a lost art. One of the, one of the main reasons for marriages splitting up is infidelity. Infidelity. You should be honest and trustworthy. That It's absolutely essential and necessary for godliness. We serve. And what is this showing though? The whole point is, this is showing a characteristic of God. We serve a God of truth, not of falsehood. So when you're exemplifying this character of trustworthiness, you are exemplifying a character of God. Numbers, Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. As has he said, and he will not do it, or has he spoken, and he will not fulfill it. Deuteronomy 32, 4 says, The rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are pure, are, are justice, a God of faithfulness, and without iniquity, just and upright is he. So what is God? God is truth. God is into truth-telling, truth-keeping. That's who we serve. And so, ladies, when you're reflecting that quality of truthfulness, of honesty, you are now reflecting the character of God himself. What's something else? Something else. Number two, you work hard. This is found in verses 13 through 19. I'm not going to read them all again. But there's a godly woman is not interested in sitting by idly and not doing anything. The Bible doesn't know Christians who are lazy. Whatever you do, whether it's taking care of the home and being a stay-at-home mom, working a job, raising children, you should do that with effort and hard work. The Bible is very, very clear about working hard. Once again, this is something that is just absolutely falling by the wayside in our country. And it's being promoted over and over and over. Socialism is absolutely the opposite of working hard. It's absolutely the opposite, and it's an unbiblical principle. Proverbs 12, 11 says, Whoever works, works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. What does that mean? If you work hard, you're going to get results. You're going to have results. Paul in Ephesians uh, 4, 28 contrasts hard work, which is a godly action, with theft, which is sin. Ephesians 4.28 says, Let the thief no longer steal, but rather him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. So whatever you do, ladies, work hard at it. Be a hard worker. Put your whole heart into it. Turn to 2 Thessalonians 3. There's another passage on this. It's just really good. I want to share with you. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Verses 6 through 12. It's a warning against idleness. 2 Thessalonians 3, 6 through 12. It says, Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness and not accord with the tradition that you receive from us. For you ourselves know how, we, how you ought to imitate us, because we were not idle when we were with you. Nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. 
but with toil and labor, we worked night and day that we may not be a burden to any of you. It was not because we do not have the right, but to give in ourselves an example to imitate. For even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now such persons we command and encourage to the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. That, hey, that's a hammer down to the church. This is not just the ladies, but to the church to work hard. Whatever you're going to do, work hard. If that means you're at home raising your children and teaching them, that's a hard job. Work hard at that. Pour your whole heart into that. If you're working five days a week, ladies, work hard at that. Pour your heart into that. Let me also say, though, this morning, don't work yourself to death. Don't work yourself to death. You need to take time for rest. God gave the provision of the Sabbath in the Old Testament for a day of rest. Be a hard worker. Don't be lazy. Here's another one we find back in our Proverbs, uh, back in Proverbs 31. Here's the other one. Number three, help people. Verse 20, it says, she opens her hands to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. This is something, again, that reflects the character of the God that we are serving. Romans chapter 11, verses 1 through 7, in verse 6, it says, But it, it is by grace, but if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. God, by his grace and his mercy, saves people. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you've been saved through faith. God is generous. He helps people. He helped us in our time of need with salvation. Just think back to your own salvation. Think about the generosity that God gives. Think about how Jesus went and he healed people. He was always helping, helping, helping others. Always. Human just, uh, generosity reflects the generosity and graciousness of God. Remember what it says in the verse we just read in Ephesians 4.28. It not only talks about working hard, not only for ourselves, but for who? People that are in need. Now that requires discernment, obviously, right? You don't want to be taken advantage of. But we should be people and ladies that reflect, have, have the heart of God in helping other people. Remember what Proverbs 19.17 says. We're, we're going through Proverbs on Wednesday night. It's been a really good study. It says, whoever is generous to the poor lends to who? The Lord. When you're generous to the poor, you lend to the Lord, and he will repay him for his deed. So we are to be generous to the poor, and when we're generous to people in need, we are lending to the Lord. Now, I want to make this practical real quick, though. If Jesus walked up this aisle this morning, and we know that's not going to happen when Jesus comes back, he's going to take his church. But if Jesus was here this morning... And he asked for some food and clothing. I would have 200 people taking their shirts and not jackets, but taking their shoes off, their shirts off to give to him this morning. We would have every lady in this church going home and cooking, even though it's Mother's Day, a big old meal to feed Jesus. Would we not? Ladies, I think if he asked for your purse, we'd have every lady in this purse who's a follower of Jesus throw in their coach purses or Armani's or whatever they are or whatever at him, right? Now, is that the same attitude, though, that we have with people in need? It should be. We should be a, a, a church and a body that is helping those in need. And you know what happens when you do that? 
It's a reflection of God's character. But you know what you start doing, church? You start storing up treasures in heaven and not on earth. That's exactly what it talks about in Matthew chapter 6. About not storing up treasures here on earth that one day are going to become mothy and rust-eaten and are going to fall away and ruin. But store up treasures in heaven that are never going to decay. That no one could steal or take. That's exactly what you're doing when you're helping other people. All right, what's another one? Number four. Number four. And let me go back real quick. Helping others is, I want to make sure we get this. Helping others, what is that doing? That's reflecting God's character. You see where I'm going with this? Is as we're growing in our faith and our maturity, what are we doing? We're simply reflecting God's character that's in us. Number four. Strength and dignity are her clothing. And she laughs at a time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Dignity here, the word dignity, is translated from a word that literally means glory or splendor or majesty. There is something to be said about a godly woman who carries herself in a dignified way. Now that is exactly the opposite of what you would see if you turn on TV. It is not a cookie-cutter image that the world would say, or that's found on TV at all. That's not. The world would tell our ladies, and especially our young ladies, to dress provocatively. Be seductive. The more seductive you are, the more, women, the more of a woman you are. And then the more power you have over men. Well, there may be some truth to having power over men, but it's not going to be a godly man. It's going to be a very ungodly man. Mature, godly men will not be impressed with that. In fact, they run from women like that. And then guess what you end up having? A boy and not a man. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. Verses 1 through 5. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. It says this. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. When they see your respectful and pure conduct, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair, and the putting on of gold jewelry, or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart, with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves, by submitting to their own husbands. Wow. That's completely opposite than what our culture would tell us. But biblical men know that there is much more value in a woman that understands her worth before God. That her worth is found in a personal relationship with Christ. And she doesn't need to degrade herself in clothing or jewelry. How when I think of this, when I think of jewelry, you know who I think about? I go back to this as a childhood kid. Mr. T. I think about Mr. T. 
we don't have to be Mr. T every Valentine's Day. All right. Proverbs eleven twenty two. This is a good one. Like a, a gold ring and a pig's snout is a beautiful woman without discretion. What should your adorning be? Where does your beauty come from, ladies? It comes from what's in here. You know some of the things we covered. Honesty, integrity, helping others. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. All right, what's the fifth thing? Verse 27 through 29. She takes care of her house. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. I saw a godly woman, a wife, a mother, cares for her family. And that she takes care of the needs of the household, of her husband, of her children, of raising the children, supporting her husband. These are things that godly women do for their households. Now, because I have the opportunity, I think we publicly need to praise our spouses. When I say publicly, I mean you need to tell other people about your wife. I can publicly brag on my wife. She works three days a week away from the home. She buys the groceries. She does laundry. She makes sure the kids are fed, that they're bathed. She makes sure that I'm at my appointments. She, she reads her Bible every day. She prays for me. The kids supports me. We need to publicly praise our spouses, fellas. Publicly praise them. Publicly praise them. What's the next one? Fear is the Lord. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is in vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. It doesn't take too much here to connect the dots. The fear of God. And when I say fear, it's a reverent fear. That motivates godly behavior in men and women alike. It means to stand in awe, in reverence of God, in respect. To, yes, to be afraid of God's holiness. What is that? What is the fear of the Lord? Proverbs 1. I'm, I'm quoting Proverbs a lot here. But Proverbs 1, 7 says what? Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom or knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So ladies, fearing the Lord, that's a reverent fear that you don't want to disappoint the God who saved you. Reading the Bible, praying, spending time in prayer, how you live your life as an example. I say this a lot, uh, and when I normally I say it, I mean in the context of the men, because I'm a guy, I guess, and I think of this, but ladies, this absolutely applies to you also. Every one of us in here is setting an example for someone else. I talked about this this morning in our new member class. We, we say it a lot, but who is your Paul? And who is your Timothy? Ladies, you should have someone in your life that you are discipling and that's discipling you. Now, now your husband is responsible for that, but you need other godly women in your life. Listen, that's why we have a women's ministry here at Crossbridge. If you are not, ladies, if you aren't plugged into the women's ministry, I encourage you to get plugged in to the women's ministry. The women's ministry is not to just go have coffee and sit around and talk. It is to support one another, to be there for one another, to pray for one another, to encourage one another. Not, not husband bashing sessions, but to be there for one another and love one another and disciple each other. Our women's leaders in this church should be discipling the younger ladies. 
It's exactly what Titus chapter 2 says. So, so let's do a quick review. Number one, I think the first thing is you have to seek to be a godly woman. You have to seek this. You have to say, God, I want to be the woman that you want me to be. Not what society says, but I want to be the woman that you want me to be. And fellas, listen, we can say the same thing. These all apply to us. I want to be the man that God wants me to be in my household. I want to be a godly husband and a leader. I have to be trustworthy. Let my yes be yes and my no be no. I want to know. I want Selena to know that she can trust me and I want to trust her. That's the way marriages should work. That's where our relationships with our children should work. Number three, I need to work hard. I need to work hard. It's okay to work away from the home. In fact, I didn't point this out, but in the passage, what does it say? It says she bought a field. It took, she took merchandise and sold it. So it's okay, ladies, if you work outside the home. It's okay if you don't either, either one. But whatever you do, do all for what? The glory of God. Work hard. Work hard whether you're at home or in a secular job. And there's not one that's better than the other. Wherever God has placed you, do it. Work hard. So important. And fellas, that applies to us too. That absolutely applies to us. Be generous. Be generous to the poor. Be kind. Show them grace and mercy. These are godly traits that God showed us in our relationship with Him. If God didn't show us grace and mercy, we aren't here today. We don't have salvation. We're dead in our sins. These are godly characteristics that we can exemplify because He's changed us. We don't deserve grace and generosity from God, but He gives it. We should go and do likewise. Be generous to others. Offer them forgiveness and kindness and grace. Number five, dignity. Dress with modesty. Be kind in how you talk to people. Do people look at you as a kind, compassionate person? Or do they look at you as rude and standoffish? How you dress. Understand, ladies, teenage girls, your worth before God and not men. How you dress. Your, your worth is not found in how you dress. You're, you, know, you know how we can measure our worth? By what you were purchased with. And what does scripture tell us we were purchased with? The precious blood of Christ. That's how you found your worth. That's how you find your worth. Not in what people say or how you think you may look. Number six, work hard at home and take care of your household. Hey, that's why God brings a, a man and a woman together for marriage, to work together. Work hard at that. The kids need their teeth brushed. They need baths. They need that. They need all of those things. Now, fellas, it doesn't mean it's just her job. We can support her in doing those things. But there are primary roles that God gives. And, and we should glorify those in the home and support those. Now, listen, all of these can only... Here's how I'm closing. I'm asking the worship team to come. All of these can only be accomplished by having an awe and a reverence for God. By being in awe of Him. By respecting, having reverence for God. And when you do that, you know what starts to happen in your life? It motivates you 
to do those things that we've talked about. Now listen this morning, fellas. If you have that kind of a wife and mother, tell them. Make sure that you tell them. However, not only today, not only today, but tell them how much you appreciate them and care for them and how much you love them. Tell them. Tell them. Here's what I'm going to do today. Um, I, it's been about nine years now since Mother's Day. I, I'm always obviously with Celine on Mother's Day, and it's good to spend the day with your mother, right? Uh, and and I, a lot of us go to church with our mothers, and we invite them. I haven't been in a church service with my mother in about nine years because I've been ministering to you guys. Her church starts at 11 o'clock, and she doesn't know that I'm leaving right after I get done here, and I'm driving to her church. And I'm going to walk in really, really late, but I'm going to go today. Uh, make sure that you know, I'm going to surprise her. She's either going to be upset that I'm there or she's going to be really happy. I hope she's happy. But surprise your mother's day and make sure they know how thankful you are. What, whether they were perfect or not, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. And, and maybe you had a family life you grew up and you're like, it was a disaster. Learn from their mistakes. Learn from their mistakes. Learn from them. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. Be grateful. If you, we, we can only accomplish anything that I talked about this morning by being in Christ. By being in Christ. If you need me to pray for you this morning, I will. If you just need to thank your mother this morning, I encourage everyone to do that. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, this morning for your word. It seems like some of this is redundant as we've preached through uh, Proverbs 31 before, but it's not. It's important, and I pray, God, that we... Um, that our ladies in this church strive for these things, that they read this and they strive to be the woman that you described in Proverbs 31. And I pray, Lord, that we as men in this church and their husbands support them in that. And Lord, ultimately, we can only do any of this because of you and because you died for us and you saved us. In everything this morning, we love you, we thank you, and we worship you. In your name I pray. Amen. Here are voice of love that's calling. There's a chair that waits for you. And a friend who understands everything you're going
So Mike is going to shake your hands today because I literally have like 15 minutes to get to another church. And I'm probably already going to be walking in when he's preaching, but that's okay. I've always wanted to use this verse somehow in a sermon. And I've never done it because I thought I'd get in huge trouble. But I thought I'm going to use it today and you'll see why. It's Proverbs 21:19. It says this. In the ESV it says, It is better to live in a desert land than with a quarrelsome and fretful woman. The, the New Living Translation says it's better to live alone in a desert than with a crabby, complaining wife. Now you're like, I can't believe you just said this verse on Mother's Day. Here's the deal. None of us are living in a desert right now. Amen. None of us are living in the desert. Maybe if you're in Phoenix or Arizona, not here, right? So we should be thankful this morning that we're not in the desert, okay? Did I pull that off this morning, church? All right. All right. All right, I love you guys. I'm going to let Mike close this in prayer. He's going to shake your hands. We're, a couple of kids are going with me to see my mom. Selena's going to see her mom at her church. So I love you guys. Pray for me Wednesday night because we have baccalaureate. There'll be a lot of people there. I'll be sharing the gospel with a lot of people that are lost. So pray that people are saved. And I challenge some seniors to think about eternity and not now and the temporary, but think about eternity. Moms. Thank you for the godly women in this church. Without you, we don't have a church. We don't. So thank you for what you do for this body. We have so many ladies that serve in this church. Thank you for your support, your love, your encouragement, and all you do. I love you guys. Um, I will see you this week. Mike, you want to close in prayer, and then Mike's going to shake hands. Uh, 
Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you, Lord. Uh, we thank you for the women that you put in our lives, Lord. And, uh, and as Jeff said, all of us here are blessed by the women uh, in our congregation, Lord. And, uh, and uh, I'm amazed, Lord, that you've given me such a great, amazing wife. And, uh, and Lord, and there's a lot of lucky men in here, most blessed men, uh, because they, are they should be grateful for the same thing. And Lord, and I know that uh, one of those passages that Jeff was talking about, about uh, the wife submitting to the husband, but as husbands, we need to make sure that we're living for you and uh, living in a way that's honoring and pleasing to you, God, to where they want to submit to us because we're living for you so much and loving you, God. And so help us go out of here today and, uh, and um, live out these truths in our lives. And we ask these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.